Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allen Derry, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Just as a reminder that COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors. Hi, my name is Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. Hello, Noise Filter listeners. Before we get started with today's edition, I do want to announce that COVID Noise Filter is being considered for People's Choice Podcast Award in Excellence in Healthcare. We would love for you to please vote for us for this prestigious honor. We ask that you go to podcastawards.com and click on Voting Now Open. Please vote for us in two categories, the People's Choice Award as well as the category for health. And again, you'll find us under COVID Noise Filter. Thank you so much. And more than that, thank you to our amazing team of writers, producers, editors, and sound engineers that have made this prestigious nomination possible. Thank you, guys. Remember, that's podcastawards.com. Click Voting Now Open. And we are listed under two categories, the People's Choice Award, but more importantly, the category for health. And again, you'll select COVID noise filter. Again, thank you all. Infectious diseases and the risk of dementia. Infections have long been hypothesized to increase the risk of dementia. Existing studies are lacking as they focus on a narrow range of infectious diseases, used very short follow-up periods, and provided little evidence for whether the increased risk is because of specific dementia subtypes or if it can be attributed to specific microbes. A study in The Lancet aimed to compare the risk of Alzheimer's disease and other dementias across a wide range of hospital-treated bacterial and viral infections. So in this large multi-cohort observational study, the individual-level data came from three studies in Finland and the UK. Adults 18 years and older without dementia were included in the study. Beginning in 1986 to 2010, over 500,000 people were included in the initial cohorts, and the follow-up period ranged from 2012 to 2018. Of those participants, over 77,000 had at least one hospital-treated infection before dementia onset, and 2,768 of them eventually developed dementia. Although the greatest dementia risk was seen for central nervous system infections versus no infection, increased risk was also evident for extra central nervous system infections. Additionally, although the study reported a little difference in the infection dimension association by type of infection, associations were stronger for vascular dementia than for Alzheimer's disease. So in conclusion, what does this mean? Severe infections requiring hospital treatment are associated with long-term increased risk of dementia, including both vascular dementia and Alzheimer's disease. Because this association is not limited to specific infections, it does suggest that systemic effects of infection are sufficient to affect the brain. So 
the lack of specific infection along with dose response relationships between infectious disease and dementia risk support the hypothesis that increased dementia risk is caused by general information rather than specific microbes. Dealing with the unvaccinated. An opinion piece in the New York Times identifies different uncomfortable situations one could find themselves regarding being vaccinated around unvaccinated individuals and how to potentially deal with those situations. Having an unvaccinated member in a group carries higher risk for infection than if everyone was vaccinated. Group functions are vital to make school and work settings, and with many more places opening up, how can you have a group function and not exclude unvaccinated persons? Currently, the CDC has guidelines identifying the different safety levels of vaccinated and unvaccinated people mingling. Ways to accommodate would be to meet with masks, social distancing, without food, and meeting outside. Unvaccinated students can also participate via Zoom. Another scenario presented in the article addresses people who work in your home, such as cleaners, babysitters, nannies, and other professions of the sort. The question presented is whether or not it's ethical for owners of these homes to verify vaccinations by asking to see their vaccination card. On the one hand, it can reflect a lack of trust in those you hire, but also it's important for you to verify, especially if you have vulnerable populations in your home. The last scenario deals with family members lying about their vaccination status and visiting other members of the family, especially older individuals like parents, despite those members being diligent about mask wearing, social distancing, and getting vaccinated. So what's the best way to approach this? At the end of the day, those who lie are only considering their point of view, which increases the risk for others. And it's important to let the other family members know regardless. Dealing with unvaccinated people in scenarios such as these can be uncomfortable, but it is important that you consider your own comfort and safety when making decisions to meet or socialize with other people. New developments on the virus. Now, a recent study from the National Institutes of Health suggests that there were possible coronavirus infections in the United States as early as December 2019. With this study, the NIH enrolled and collected samples from about 280,000 people with hopes of increasing to at least 1 million. The purpose is to advance precision medicine. Almost 25,000 of those samples were from people who gave blood between January and March of 2020. Nine of those samples came up positive for antibodies, seven from a racial or ethnic minority. A volunteer in Illinois gave blood in early January of 2020 and tested positive for antibodies to SARS-CoV-2. Since antibodies take 14 days on average to develop, it suggests that the virus was around in the U.S. as late as December of 2019. 
Now, remember, we didn't start first seeing cases until I think the first case of quote unquote officially was February 19th in Washington state of 2020. Now, many factors went into obscuring the true geographic spread of the virus. Early on, the CDC had testing guidelines that focused on people only in contact with someone who was infected or who traveled to an area known to have transmission. Now, though these numbers are limited, these results provide support for hypothesis for a hypothesis on the impact of social factors on viral circulation. One interesting finding from the study was that none of the positives came from California, New York, or Washington State, which were known for the initial entry points. The NIH is working now to identify the travel histories of those positives. One other concern with the study is there's no way to determine if the positives were false. The research team took measures to prevent this, but still, unfortunately, there's still some uncertainty. Just as a reminder that COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors. Doc Griggs. Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter, and for more information about us and the show, you can go to noisefiltershow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc? Protect yourself and others by staying home, and please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right.